Dana likes to talk, as I said. So I, I do. Think it's, uh, I think it's I good. get that from you. <laughs> I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Hello and welcome to Humans of Magic, the podcast that gets deep and personal with your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. I'm your host, James Sue. Well, it's been a while. I seem to say this every episode, but uh, Humans of Magic has been in a kind of holding pattern slash hiatus for some time. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, it's just life is busy and lots of things are going on, which I'll get into in just a second. But also, Sometimes I do feel like I've interviewed just about everyone there is that I want to interview in the world of Magic the Gathering. Every once in a while, there's a really good opportunity that comes up, and I think it's too good to pass up, and the show comes out of retirement. So it's been a few months, but in this space, I have been doing some other things, been working on building cardboard live which is my startup and we are doing some very exciting things there so if you want to learn everything there is to know about cardboard live definitely go follow the cardboard live account on twitter that's cardboard live just one word and also during this time i've just been playing a lot of magic the gathering i've been really fortunate to have magic still paper magic around in china where i am and it's just been a blessing man just being able to play paper events and also play a whole bunch of magic online and arena just having fun with magic that's that's what it's all about it's been a real blessing there this episode is actually with dana fisher dana fisher is one of the youngest well-known magic players around she's only 10 years old it's hard to imagine but she started playing magic basically from the moment she was alive and you know she's grown up a lot this is actually a two-parter two episodes one with dana fisher and one with her father adam fisher you might be wondering why why adam as well well if you've ever noticed dana out in the public adam is a huge part of her growth as her parent but also as her agent slash manager they do a lot of things together. They coordinate social accounts together. And as someone who's married but without kids at the moment, I was just super curious how the the parenting and the fatherhood angle worked. And so we did two interviews. We did one with Dana, really just with Dana, with Adam supervising in the background silently. And then right after the interview ended, we conducted one just one-on-one with uh, Adam and myself. I know that a lot of you are going to tune in for the Dana one, but I got to tell you, man, the Adam Fisher interview was just as interesting, if not more interesting for me. This is going to be a two-parter. This episode is just with Dana. And if you go to the next episode on whatever podcast platform you use, you will find the one with Adam Fisher. And before we really get into it, I just want to make sure to give the right shout outs. The music in this podcast is supplied by Kupla. That's K-U-P-L-A. Kupla is an amazing musician who happens to play Magic the Gathering as well. We actually met 
while playing Magic. And all of his work is incredible. He's got a new LP, new album that's out this year. You can find Kupla, that's K-U-P-L-A, on all the platforms you find and listen to music, including Spotify and SoundCloud. This podcast is sponsored by ChannelFireball.com. Channel Fireball provides the best Magic Singles, Magic product in the business. They run some incredible online events that you've probably been involved in or heard of. And they have some of the best strategy and content out there. I'm very grateful to be sponsored by ChannelFireball.com. If you are doing anything Magic related, buying anything Magic related, please definitely go visit them. Let's get right into it. This is Humans of Magic with Dana Fisher. Hello, everybody. Today on Humans of Magic, I am here with Dana Fisher and her lovely father, Adam. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm always doing good when I'm doing an interview. And I don't think it's a surprise that I'm interviewing the youngest person I've ever interviewed on the podcast. So I guess this is a new milestone for me. Yeah. And uh, Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, glad, uh, you know, I've definitely seen your, you know, you know seen your series around, listened to uh, some of them, and it's good to uh, meet you and get the chance to, to talk. So Dana, you need almost no introduction, but the, the introduction I have is that you're a 10-year-old gamer who plays Magic the Gathering. You're the youngest person to make day two and win cash at a Grand Prix tournament. Uh, you're also an incredible young streamer you're now streaming a lot of magic and we'll definitely get into that as well and you're all over social media we'll definitely like send out the plugs but is there anything from that introduction i just read that you want to add on to um i mean the twitch channel is our twitch channel and we have fun but are the twitch channels always always fun like how uh, on a scale of one to ten like how how do you and how much do you enjoy streaming usually like one being like this is a this is a job. This is like I guess you don't really know what a job is really, but this is really yeah, really boring. And ten being like this is this is like heaven or something. Uh, probably between a nine and nine point five. <laughs> wow, that's really really high. You know, this is an interesting time because we're doing this over Zoom. Like, I mean, I guess I've always done humans and magic over Zoom, but you know, now it's just like we're in this world where everybody is on zoom calls including you taking school and stuff like that how, how have things been recently like this is a very open-ended question but what's it been like in 2020 with you know the pandemic and you know being at home I guess a lot and all that kind of stuff I mean I definitely miss like seeing my friends going in person to school but I think my teacher this year made it especially good and it it's been fun even through online like she makes lots of time to connect with like one to two other kids at a time and just makes it really fun like for Halloween we did like a Halloween escape room where we had to do like a math activity and we had to like do an escape room and that was fun. 
Oh, so you did that entirely over Zoom or online? Yeah, there's like different sites. Uh, we use Google. We use like um, a classroom site to post all the assignments. And then we use like other stuff like Clever for my um, school district. And my school districts use that a lot. And it has like a bunch of good learning um, pro like uh, apps that you can use and then zoom she just makes it like really fun explains them you get to go in groups and talk with each other so I think school's been pretty good despite all this I think overall I've been doing pretty well I've been reading a lot more uh getting closer with my family so nice nice maybe we'll do a shout out who's your favorite teacher right now um so right now it's close between <laughs> between my last year teacher and this year teacher. Um, last year was my fourth grade teacher, Mr. Bales, and it's awesome. Um, and I loved it a lot uh, in person when I was in person for a lot of it because um, every Friday we would do what's called Bales Boot Camp since he loves to exercise. Every Friday we would do like an hour long, really hard workout. And it was one of my favorite things I looked forward to every week. And my uh, this year teacher, Miss Carol for fifth grade was also one my older sister had for fifth grade. And she um, is also sneaking up behind there too. But um, she's, and she still has more time. Um, I don't like, towards the end of the year, uh, I like, I like to have a full year before like deciding like, this is my favorite teacher, or like just saying that I like to like wait out to like, because they can get even better and stuff. I laugh when you at the beginning when you said it's close because that's like generally a thing that magic players say it's like you know do you keep your hand or not it's like people always say it's close and uh it's uh I, I don't know why I just found that kind of funny but you are already being like very responsible and adult in like saying like I need time to analyze which teacher is the the best one right so that's that's like I very get responsible that from my dad he he does analysis and is very and does with numbers and all that so nice nice and uh, you also mentioned reading so what are some of the your what are some of the books you're reading right now um right now i'm reading the um ever after high series there's three books in the series i've read book one and i'm almost done with book two um i've read um i've read some magic books and i've read some other books um I've read like um, a book from the cloth library, Smile. Um, and I've read a book that I got for my birthday called Cape. So there's a lot of cool books that I like. And after with, I'm done with the Ever After High series, I'm probably going to read another magic book. Nice. What, what's, the, what's the last magic book you, you read? Uh, the War of the Spark book. Oh, how did you, how did you like it? It was good. I definitely like that there's some Nissa in there. My sister's favorite planeswalker, Elspeth, who was like, wait, where's Elspeth? But she's like, that. Her, one of her favorite lines that she says sometimes on my stream too is, where's Elspeth? <laughs> and when she did a draft on my stream, I named the deck in the quotation marks, where's Elspeth as a quote from Sadie? Who? That's nice. So 
your your older sister Sadie, she is also still is is involved in the game too, right? Because I read that she played magic, but maybe not as actively as you do now, right? Yeah, like she learned at age four, and so I wanted to learn w- watching my dad and sister play. Now she like pops in, or um, or how we like to play it. Um, Sadie calls it her way or the Sadie way is when she's like playing and I'm like on the side, and then she's like, "Okay, great, what do I do?" And we team up against our dad because that's one of our favorite things to do ever: team up against dad. <laughs> What's it like to uh, to beat your dad at magic? Like to just to beat someone older or your parent? You know. I mean, it definitely lets me tease more when I beat the parent. I definitely don't do that to like in tournaments, but right. uh, in tournaments it doesn't feel very different. Um, it just like because there aren't many young people, so I don't have a, um, too much experience like against playing against like younger players. I have um, some experience, but not as much as older pe- people or people who are older than me. But when I beat my dad, I definitely like that as well. And <laughs> now I'm getting like to be better than him. So. Ooh, okay. Okay. Got some family rivalry. That's, that's good. Speaking of family, let's, let's kind of start from the, the beginning. Uh, Dana, I want you to tell me a little bit about I mean, obviously, I got a little bit of sense just from, you know, talking to you just now. But tell me a little bit about, you know, where you are now and, you know, where you grew up and, you know, just what, what was it like? Do you have any like what's it like growing up in your environment? Like because I know that we've kind of followed you as a magic player, as only a magic player for so long. But kind of want to get into also just like even before magic, like what, what's everything like? Um, I honestly like before I learned to play magic. Like, I don't remember a world where I didn't know how to play magic because I learned at three and a half and I don't, re- and I barely remember learning how to play magic, but I um, and have and I'm still growing up in uh, San Diego here. Um, and my, both my parents actually were born and grew up in San Francisco, the Bay Area around there. Oh, so do you know when your parents uh, moved over to San Diego? I guess before they um, had you. It was in, it was like a little after they got married um, in 2000, I think, two or something. 2002, 2003. Got it. Got it. That's uh, quite a long time ago. And how, how, how have you enjoyed being in, in San Diego? I like it. The weather is one of my favorite parts. Um, Like in the summer, it makes for some really good swimming days. And when I was younger and I had gotten my over fear of water, um, uh, my dad wanted to get a pool. So we now have a pool at our house. And um, he and so growing up here in magical, I love it. And the weather's almost never too cold and i do very poorly in cold weather (laughs) Mm. like does that make it tough for you when you you know maybe before covid19 like when you were traveling for magic or other reasons like if you're in a place that's colder is it is it just tougher for you like do you compare everything all the cities you've been to to san diego i'm just curious about that Uh, i do compare some of that but when i'm like just 
to a place for a magic tournament. I'm not outside much. And then when I am and it's really cold, I'll like stack up on a bunch of jackets, but also my costume that I wear. Um, my Nissa costume, it's always super warm. Like, I don't think I've ever gotten super cold nor super hot because it it like you it's thick so it protects me from the cold but it also has like armholes um to like protect me a little more from the heat as well right and let's talk briefly about your your family so you know how would you describe your your mom like she's a little bit more behind the scenes behind because uh she's not with you when you're streaming or at the events but tell me a little bit about your mom um, my mom, she, she definitely likes being relaxed and chill. Um, she doesn't like, um, being like involved in a lot of things on camera and stuff. Um, so, so she like kind of sits there, um, and will sometimes like when we're on like just a family, uh, Zoom call or something, sometimes we'll have to like say get in here and like she doesn't like being showing her face like on camera and stuff but she has a twitter account and there's one time on my string where she messaged in chat uh so that was um that was fun so she like more quiet behind the scenes how does she feel about you playing magic and just doing all this cool stuff she misses me a lot but she's also super supportive um so she like loves me and uh she misses me a lot like a lot a lot when i go to events and she's sad when i leave but um she but she also is super supportive and like thinks it's really cool awesome and the next question is going to be a little awkward because your dad's right here, but like, how would you describe your, your dad, Adam, and you know, what he's done for you in, in magic and otherwise? I think uh, he definitely played a big part teaching me magic. Um, something that me and my sister love to do with him is tease him. So he's very teasable, which, I, which we like. We tease him a lot, me and my sister. And um she and so I love him and um we definitely work well together he's helped me in school as well uh with math I actually am in this noetic math right now which is like way above grade level um math and so I've been doing that he's been helping me I've been learning a bit of algebra for it so he's definitely helped me on that wait too. you're learning algebra already at age 10 that's like like, I don't even think I learned that until way later. So like. yeah, um, for my like, for math club, noetic math stuff, there are some problems where it was really soft to solve with really easy to solve it with algebra. So um, we did that and we did practice problems. So now it's so I've been getting really good at math. He's very good at math. He like skipped. Oh, he like was always a grade level head when he was in math. He does like he works well with numbers. He does data analysis for his job. So he definitely helped me a lot with that math and helps me with other subjects in school as well. Wow. So based on what you're learning right now and also, you know, genetically from your dad, do you think you're going to be like going to college at age 13 and just graduate and going? Um, 
gonna be skipping like totally skipping grades I think I'm gonna like stay in my grade level um but I because I think like staying with the kids in my similar age group is really good and um and also like skipping because then I if I like skipped all of sixth grade then I wouldn't get to learn everything in sixth grade and I would just go ahead in seventh grade and then maybe sometime I'll have to like do something that I had learned in sixth grade that I might have not known otherwise. So I think that I'm gonna just stay in my grade level and stay in fifth when I, uh, this year and stay in sixth next year, so. That's a really mature attitude. Cause uh, I mean, you guys know the folks at Channel Fireball, Paul Chion, uh, whom uh, you, you guys know, right? So he told me when we interviewed that he was like, super smart kid as well. Like you're probably smarter Dana, but you know, I, he's probably second. And he was like also doing like the early placement where he was uh, basically in college at age 13 or 14 or something like that. And um, it is challenging because like, you're always the youngest kid in the class. And I don't remember if it was him that told me or Luis that told me, but cause Luis knows Paul really well too. They're like best friends. So it's like, what are kids going to think when you're, uh, when they're 18 and you're 13 in, in the same class as them, they're not going to think like, oh, you know, Paul's a super cool kid. And, uh, you know, look at this guy. He's um, five years younger than us and he's in our class. He, they're probably going to be thinking like, look at this nerd or something. <laughs> so like it's there's a basically that's a very tangent thing for me to say, but it is kind of interesting. Like you've realized that being in the same age group as your classmates is actually quite good in some ways. Yeah. Um, speaking of like small and youngest, I'm normally actually the youngest in my class because I'm in a summer birthday. So I'm going to be right. Well, you're already ahead too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there are some people in my class who are 11, but I'm going to be 10 for like the whole year. And I'm also pretty much always the smallest kid in my class. I am very small. Is, is age like a, a, a big thing that you guys talk about as kids? Because I, I, I'm so far removed from that. Like, do you guys actively like know like, you know, this, uh, you know, your classmate is like 10 and you're 11. Like, do you guys like compare like, you know, I'm 10 and a half and you're like 10 and eight months or something like that? Not really. Although sometimes when me and my friends are playing games, sometimes it's like, who's the youngest? Or when you're in class, like, who's the youngest? And we'll like say our birthdays and how old we are. And I'm always like the youngest. Like, there uh, sometimes there are kids who have birthdays later than me, but my birthday is in July. So it's like after the school year. And so there are some kids with June, but they're still before me. And then there have been some kids like early July. So nice. I've definitely always been the I've definitely always been youngest, second youngest, like one of the youngest kids in my class, and pretty much always the smallest kid, if not the second smallest kid in my but class. But you say that in a way that's like you're confident about it. So it's like even though you're the youngest and smallest, it's it sounds like you you're like proud of it or you're not you're not like shy about it. Yeah, definitely. Um being small, my friends um definitely like it because then they can like help me with stuff because uh some of my <laughs> friends like to help well like uh, what kind of stuff are very helpful they're like um like I, oh I can help reach that for you and it's really nice um I would 
do all that stuff. Like um, even around the house, sometimes I can't reach stuff being small um, because like there's on a high shelf, so I can't reach it, but um, it doesn't bother me that I'm super small. So how about your sister? I mean, you, you mentioned Sadie. Uh, she's uh, your older sister, right? Like by how many years? Uh, she's like older than me by two and a half years. Uh, sometimes like two and a half because um, she's 13 now when I'm 10. So when we so but I was like 10 when she was 12 for a couple of months because her birthday is in September. So um we're not too far apart, but it's nice having that older sister to help me through things. Like she got me into reading. She's helping me when I like cook and bake for Thanksgiving. Um, we did like a cookie exchange and we baked a lot of stuff and she led me through it. And so I love her. She, she's not as into magic, but we do a lot of other stuff together. Like we play switch together, we read together, so. How would you describe the maybe the differences in your personality? Um, I think we definitely have very different personalities and very different likes and dislikes. Like my mom suggests something, hey, how about we go here? And I'm like, okay, sure. And then she's like, uh, or, hmm, or when we like, who like? who likes this? And then I'm like, Oh, I like this. And she's like, eh, I don't like it. And it's like, so we like, like very different things. And we dislike different things, but we can also like the same thing and dislike the same thing. So what is it like being one of the youngest magic players at events? Like you, you kind of mentioned that a bit, like just, you know, you're always the youngest person, if not the smallest player physically, but like, what, what's it? What's it like? Um, I don't sense a difference in being like youngest. I mean, sometimes I have to look up at my opponents when like doing stuff or sometimes uh, I have to sit in like a cushion to like be high so I don't have to like reach up when reaching for my cards. But my hand size has been a problem. My dad has to shuffle my cards and sometimes hold my hands or search through my library because my hands are very tiny. They've definitely been, they've definitely grown, but they've, but they're also very small. So sometimes, and sometimes when like I do a handshake with my opponent, my, my, my opponent's hand can just wrap easily around my hand <laughs> stuck in there. So when you guys play magic at home, like, do you also need some help to shuffle or do you, do you figure, have you figured out a way to sort of, do it like when you're playing for fun maybe a way to do it uh you know like a, a like a way that works for you I can definitely shuffle 60 card decks on my own but when we're playing for fun preparing for tournaments my dad will normally shuffle it so it's easier for me um with commander decks it's a lot harder because oh, yeah. they're a hundred card deck sleeve let um, me tell you something Dana even for me it, I find it difficult to shuffle commander decks I'm going like two piles or like you, you know what I mean right yeah my dad can shuffle them uh, pretty well, but some of my friends have like trouble shuffling a whole commander deck. So that's really big and having small hands makes it even bigger. Yeah. What about uh, just in terms of being a young magic player, can you describe maybe like your interactions with other players? Like generally speaking, what's that been like? I guess obviously we're talking before before COVID, but like, I'm guessing we can also like, you can also remember a, a time like maybe last year or even earlier. 
Yeah, definitely. Like sometimes my opponents can have a little trouble, like and at like competitive tournaments, I'm not like as loud or like fun because I'm focusing. But uh, sometimes they have trouble hearing me because my voice is higher pitched, and so. Um, but then my dad has to like repeat and stuff so that people can hear me better. I definitely run into that. Um, being younger can sometimes be a disadvantage, but it's also pretty unique and fun and cool. Has anybody been like starstruck? Like, you know, like they, they know they're playing against you and they're like, oh, wow, it's Dana. And they actually want to take a picture with you or something before the actual game begins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes they'll ask, can I take a picture after the game? Or, wow, it's so cool playing against you. Um, not totally, totally starstruck, but I've definitely had some of my opponents that I've played who, like, they came up and stuff. Um, and then they're now, like, friends or we're, we know them pretty well now. Um, and so... It hasn't happened like they're totally starstruck, but sometimes they do like are like, oh God, I'm playing against uh, Dana Fisher and sometimes and they get like nervous or um, but normally they'll like ask, hey, can you take can I take a picture or after like um, I win or something, they'll like say, hey, can I take a picture with you? So so if you lose, they don't ask for the picture. <laughs> They do sometimes, but like sometimes if they like, sometimes people like definitely want to wait and then it like makes it um, even better like to that after I win. But normally they will just say, um, they after the game, they'll like say, hey, can I take a picture with you? Um, but because it's like, cool, I've played against um, a really young person, uh, so. Do you think people uh, underestimate you because you're a really young person when they play against you? I mean, when I was like five or six, like they did at my first like events, they underestimated me a little, but now they don't really underestimate me. So um, some people get afraid. <laughs> okay. So it's like the opposite. Like they're actually more concerned that they're playing against you. Yeah. Okay. Do you still remember what it was like to play magic without being able to read? Because I know that you learned like initially just kind of learning, maybe like memorizing the cards and things like that. Like obviously now you can read, you know, you just told me like you read a whole bunch of cool books uh, this year, but like, do you, do you still remember a time before when you're like, or is that just like a really blurry part of your memory now? Um, I don't really remember before I could read, but what my dad like tells me and my sister as well sometimes is like we had to memorize the cards, that's for sure. And it was slow going and hard. And then what my dad tells me is as soon as I learned to read, it, it accelerated big time. So that was definitely good. Um, I think definitely having to memorize the cards has helped grow my memory. And also when I went to the Grand Prix Lyon, some of the cards, a lot of the cards were in a different language, but I already knew all of them with my memory. So, yeah. So that's, that's definitely cool. Like when you look back, do you think about how that sort of, I guess what I'm trying to ask is that your skill, like, obviously you've always been like a really talented player relative to your age, because like, most people don't start playing magic when they're three or five years old. 
but you know having to memorize things earlier on like did it do you think it kind of helped your development as a as a person or something like almost like kind of keep your brain sharper you know yeah I think um it's definitely helped me think fast sometimes so nice this is like a very tough question to answer I think but what do you think it's like being among like one of the the few young women playing magic competitively around your age because like you're very you're very much like a public person so it's like for better or worse I feel like you represent a certain group of magic players so how, how do you think about that I mean definitely being one of the only ones pushes me to like uh, get others into playing magic because like being the only one it's like I don't play against other people like me who are a young woman so it definitely wants me to helps me like get more of them in um and at school sometimes when I talk about magic um some of my friends are like hey can you teach me and so I've taught some of my friends like the very end of third grade we had like a bring your own game day and I taught some of my closest friends how to play and then also before COVID I taught a little bit one of my other friends how to play so why do you think you enjoy magic so much? I think um, it's mostly like, it's really fun and I like the learning aspects as well. Like I get to learn from it and it's not like a game that's simple, it's challenge, but it, it challenges my brain and helps me learn stuff. Like I had to learn multiplication in like, I think kindergarten or first grade, I had to, with Azuri and Elves, I had to do some tough multiplication. Um, so it really helped me like grow as like with all, with school and helped me get better grades and smarter. Um, so it helped definitely, I, li I like it because I learn a lot from it. And also that it's a complicated game. So I, so it's not like, oh, I can just, play this and it's easy and but it's challenging and there's different situations every time yeah i mean it's it's crazy just thinking about how complex magic really is as a game right because you got your your combat math you got like the deck building you've got to like be able to read a lot of cards because every card is really designed to change the rules the basic rules in some way like that's really what magic cards are so did you find it overwhelming in the beginning to to learn like i guess i'm wondering like when you're like three years old or five years old or younger, like, did you have to learn with sort of like uh, a less complex version of magic? Or did you just like, did your parents just kind of like throw you into the deep end and just like, you um, we definitely started very simple. Uh, what, before I could read, we did very vanilla creatures with like not much text on it. And then once I was able to read that, like my dad introduced me to some of the other, um, uh, mechanics like trample menace and um those and so um that definitely helped but they did not throw me right into it and some advice that we give to parents teaching their kids is um like take it slow don't throw them into it because then they can get overwhelmed and they might not learn how to play i i assume also because your your dad like played magic for a very long time like he was probably good at teaching you the mechanics or the rules in a way that actually made sense. Cause like I've, I've seen some like people like 
teach games, not just magic, but games like really, really badly. Like, so I'm guessing that you probably had a bit of an advantage, like where your, your, your father or like people who taught you the game, like they, they sort of do it like step by step, right? Yeah, he, my dad's definitely big on taking everything step by step. Um, and not skipping steps. And also like some people just read the text of what, how it explains it. But sometimes the text like to like someone who doesn't know anything about it, it can get confusing. So you have to put it into your own words to help them get it. How would you teach somebody your age um, how trample works? Cause like I remember um, being younger and that was like really hard for me to, to get. Yeah, so for some of, like, for people my age, like, t saying trample would be, like, uh, if they understood, like, attacking and blocking, um, I would say if you attacked with a creature with trample um, and they, uh, a 6-6 six, six creature with trample and they, and your opponent blocked with, like, a 4-4, four, four, um, um, it would deal four to the creature and then whatever damage is left over, it would deal to your opponent. So if it like was a five, five, it would deal five and then there's one left. So it would deal one straight to it or it would trample over. Um, and so that's how I would explain trample. That's a really good explanation. I wish someone explained that to me back when I was trying to learn trample. So, uh, you, I think you might be a good teacher someday for, or if you're not, if you're not already unofficially. Yeah, I've definitely taught a lot of my friends and also the first day of fourth grade, like a teacher that my mom knows really well, my sister knows really well, like asked me to come teach her. So I've, uh, so I taught her a little bit of magic. We never got to finish because she's been busy because she's a teacher when we would, when we would, on, when we were on a break and I would come in and then she would be busy, but we, but um, so we didn't get very far, but I definitely have taught her and a bunch of my friends we talked about this a little bit before we started recording but because I had met you maybe I think it was just last year even though it feels like a lifetime ago because of everything that's happened in the world but I remember just it just seems like you're maturing so quickly just watching your streams and talking to you now uh, you seem less shy now compared to a few years ago uh, maybe that's also because you're in a tournament because because uh, you talked about like you're really focusing and, and maybe whether it's like playing magic or your cosplay. But I just feel like it's really interesting how like you are able to like overcome shyness because you need to be not shy to be a public person in magic. So do you think about like how you overcome being shy? Do you think it's just like part of growing up or do you think like it's something that you actually worked on? Um, I don't think I totally worked on it. Um, but with theater camp, like talking to a big, like crowd for theater camp, I had to do that, like saying act in front of a big crowd. So that definitely helped me. I think when I'm in tournaments too, I like turn on like my serious stuff and I'm not like being my normal 10 year old self that I am on my stream, um, or, um, everyday life and so definitely I get quieter there um, but I'm never really too shy like sometimes when I know some when I've like heard of someone and I see them um, my dad like tells me to go up and then I get shy or I get shy like 
totally just walking up to strangers and talking to them. But if they walk up and come up to talk to me, I'm like not shy at all. Yeah, because if they come up to you, then it's sort of the hard part is already done, right? They're already like you. You guys are already talking, so I guess in some ways that's good. Yeah, I'm also wondering about a lot of what you've done this year because you know this year you've made a big, big leap into streaming, right? So tell me a bit about how you how you got into streaming and you know maybe the kind of what led you to do it because you're doing a lot of it now. So I, I just want to know sort of like the origin story of you know Dana and well, streaming. I've been wanting to stream for a couple of years, but oh okay. But like when come, but before COVID, um, it was um, more like it was more um, like before COVID. My dad was always busy. He would be in LA, and other people that we needed like help with were busy. But when COVID hit, people like weren't as busy, so they could like help us get through stuff. And being under thirteen meant we had to jump through a lot of hoops to be able to stream, but it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. And so I'm really happy I finally get to do it. Um, before COVID hit, the, uh, before like everything shut down this year, like I went to Austin and I cashed there. That was my first ever cash. And, um, and also Reno, that was my first ever uh, limited day too. I didn't do well in the day too, but I did really well there and that was the last event I have been to the last tournament I've I've been to um and it was a whole family trip and my and so I started off in Reno 6-0 so and it was limited and I never did as well as I did like modern tournaments as I did limited and all my other day twos had been modern like my first one, GPLA was modern. Austin was modern, um, but now Reno is limited. So I've done um, constructed and limited day twos. Yep. I also went to Phoenix for Pioneer, um, um, but that one was I like went I think four three, but I'm or four four. I'm not totally sure my record. Mm-hmm. I didn't make day two there, but. Um, I had a really good event um, that the, the event finishes that I did before COVID hit, but um, I'm, so I had a great year. Mm-hmm. And also like last year for my New Year's resolution, I was like, I want to make more than one day too. And I already did it in the three events that I went to. So. Right. So obviously you... You, you love those experiences and you love doing well in them. So do you, do you miss that a lot? Because like now nobody can really play in those. Yeah, I've definitely missed a lot of tournaments. Um, uh, I like love being at the tournaments and playing Paper Magic. And being in the online world, there's a lot of more like legal issues for children playing online. So I haven't been able to play in like the super confident events but the cfb uh pro showdown is like the only event that i can uh, the only super competitive event that i can play in online um because there you don't like get actual cash you get credit and you don't have to pay to um play so you don't so it's mostly gambling laws um i think that the 
that the laws are there to help protect children, but sometimes they can definitely get annoying. So it sounds like you have an understanding of why the rules are the rules, but you you don't entirely agree with it, or you you wish you could still I think, play. I think like I definitely wish I could play more stuff, so that's why I definitely miss a lot of the tournaments.、Um, I haven't been playing much Paper Magic other than Commander over webcam,、um, and so I've been enjoying playing Commander over webcam and doing my streams playing Arena, so I can actually kind of play with people. But I haven't been playing as much Magic because there's not as much like tournaments to prepare for. Before we talk about the the streaming experience, how do you like? How do you like Magic Arena in general? It's not paper, so how how do you feel about the whole experience? I think、uh, it's a it's very good.、Um, it's simple,、um, and it can help like to beginner players.、Um, I think sometimes like the way the controls are can be tricky if you don't know it. But、uh, and. With all computer programs, you can misclick. Like even when I'm playing like、uh, a normal game, like playing,、um, I'm not. I can't think of an example right now. But like when I'm playing a game and I accidentally tap on something that I didn't want to, like that just happens, and you can't like exactly prevent that、uh, from games. But other is that, that frustrating I- for you when it happens? Um, not too frustrating. I just let it go and like say, be more careful next time. Um, so it hasn't frustrated me too much. I see. What if uh, you know, something like that comes up while you're streaming? It's like, oh no! Instead of just you know me knowing about it, it's like now other people know about it. Like, is that is that awkward for you, or it's okay? It's not that awkward. It actually happened.、Uh, I was like talking about stuff, and I just skipped my turn.、Um, but it doesn't bother me too much. Like、um, it's like, hey, I'm having fun streaming.、Uh, I don't really care about other things. It doesn't really frustrate me too much. Because it's not a tournament, right? Yeah. Like if I made like a easy like. If it was paper,、um, and I made like a really like、uh, miss a bad misplay that like could that cost me the game that that was simple, then I would be a little frustrated. I wouldn't get like to beat myself over it too much, but、um, I'm not sure totally what it's like on an arena tournament,、mm-hmm. like a really competitive arena tournament, like. Magic Fest online because I haven't played in them because of legal issues. Being under thirteen in the online world can be hard. <laughs> are you are you really hard on yourself when you when you misplay? Like I'm not talking about Magic Arena, but just just like in general. Like, are you always like, how do I? How can I do better? Or like, you know, are, well, are you looking for things to improve on? Or I'm definitely looking for things to improve on, but I'm never like really hard on myself. Like I, it's like. It happens, and now I know for next time.、Um, I look at it as a great learning experience. And when we were at tournaments, after every game, me and my dad、uh, do a debrief, and he takes notes during the game、uh, since he can't interfere in the game、um, when I'm playing. So he takes notes, and then after the game, we'll sit and we'll talk about them. And then sometimes I'll give my reasoning, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that actually is fair," or. And or I'll like go. Oh, maybe I should have done that. 
but sometimes he learns from it too, which I find I'm teaching my dad who taught me how to play magic, the students becoming the teacher. Yeah. Well, magic is hard and, and streaming is hard too. Like describe for me what it's like to, to play magic publicly in front of people. Cause like you, like it's so different from paper because like if you're streaming on Twitch, it's like you have people in chat telling you stuff or random stuff and like there's good and bad. So what, what's it like? Just, just like streaming in general. Um, I think I look at it as just like talking while I'm playing, like I'm like on a video call with um, someone or, and we're texting while I'm like playing arena and I'm just talking about that or uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't bother me too much. I just, enjoy streaming and relax and do it instead of like okay i'm streaming like get really tense and just like not talk about random stuff and uh in, on my stream it's like we're like barely talking about what's going on in the game i'm playing the game while just talking about stuff mm -hmm. so you you enjoy just talking about stuff while while playing magic it's like kind of magic's yeah. in the background and you just you're just it's talking like about i'm hanging out with a friend and i'm playing like I'm like my friends over and I'm just playing magic and they're like watching, but we're also just chatting. That's a really good attitude. I feel like just talking to a lot of people who stream magic, that's generally how they do it because it's just, otherwise, if you are always talking about magic, it can be so tough to do that for like several hours straight. It's just quite honestly, just kind of tiring. Right. Yeah. And also like the viewers are like, can we talk about something like other than magic? Cause they're like, I want to hear variety. So uh, that's why it's not good to just talk about magic. When I first went into streaming, I thought it would be like just me talking through my plays, but now me and my dad are interacting with each other and chat. Um, and we're talking about a lot of stuff. Like sometimes we'll go into school or something. My sister will pop in. So is it tough streaming in general? Because uh, I think for everybody, if you have to do it for a long period of time, like what's the longest you've ever done a stream for? Um, I, I think the longest um, on my streams, I think the longest was four hours on my stream. Um, so it's not too, too long. But um, on other people's streams or when I'm commentating, it's for a bunch of hours. But um, I can stay in that um, and I have water because uh, uh, I have water that I can drink and my dad definitely helps like giving me what I want when I can't like get up and get it like I'm at home and I'm like uh, and my dad just gets me stuff but um, when I'm on like a call like with people or streaming then he gets it because I can't like walk out as easily as he can so that's still really really hard though like i'm just thinking even without streaming just playing magic for four hours like playing a video game for four hours that's like pretty like it takes a lot of energy right or have you just gotten so used to it now i've gotten so used to it now like after events like if i make day two i'm always tired after like a big tournament and if i don't make day two i'll still stay up late like hanging out but if i make day two i'm like all right, it's bedtime. I need to get rested. Um, I think the mistake in LA was I stayed up too late after I made day two. But in Austin, I like 
as soon as the tournament was over, like I ate there. I didn't go out to dinner. We had plans to like go out to dinner and we stopped by like and said hi to a couple people and then left and I went to bed. But I'm always tired, but sometimes I like staying up late. <laughs> no, that's that's great. I mean, you're always it sounds like you're always learning and trying to figure out how you can improve like uh, you know because after you day two it's like you always want to celebrate but you did the responsible thing by like by resting and you know be trying to be more ready for the next day yeah and also like being 10 years old you need more sleep like now that um i'm older i need like 10 hours but before i needed 11 hours to like get a good night's rest um and so that can be tricky um because like you want to stay up late because like adults you don't need as much sleep like my dad he needs like eight hours of sleep and i need 10 to 11 hours of sleep so it's a big difference so they can stay up later and wake up at the same time and still be well rested while i have to go to bed a lot earlier which leaves me a lot less time right and what are things you've learned as a streamer now that maybe you didn't know when you first got started like is there a way that you can like if there's a way you can go back and tell like the dana who just started streaming like maybe what are what's like some advice that you would you would tell her um maybe like uh just have fun with it and interact with chat more um and like don't be tense just relax like you're talking to just people and you're just playing a game for casual it's not like you're in a tournament so yeah and you have a very accessible and friendly persona like even today we're talking and like you're very very easy to talk to do you think there's a might be a hard question to answer but do you think there's like a different dana that's like dana the the magic player or dana the streamer versus like dana in private life do you think there's a a difference like do you think there's like you have multiple personalities i think for uh streaming or just playing magic casually and private life i'm definitely it's very similar like maybe in private life i'm a little more 10 year old and when i'm like playing casual like i'm in a, i'm in a casual event i'll like be a little less but i'm still crazy but then at a tournament or on stream i'm definitely just me um but then at a tournament i'm a lot like oh, now I'm like kind of acting like an adult, like I'm serious and not crazy and all over the place and doing cartwheels and everything. Yeah. Maybe another way for me to ask this question is, do you act differently when you're like with magic players versus like when you're not with magic players? I think with my magic friends, we talk more about magic and stuff when I'm like, but when I'm like with my personal friends I'm like I don't talk much about magic and we just talk about other things um and sometimes I'll say hey hey I'm going to a magic tournament and then they'll go like oh good luck well I'll miss you but we don't like talk too much about magic um and definitely with my magic friends we talk more magic but we also talk about random a lot of stuff otherwise too have you had conversations with your dad or your family about like, what are things that you're allowed to share publicly versus versus like privately? I think definitely um, my parents have talked to me like 
for my birthday, we were we were having a, a big discussion on like, should I post on my Twitter when my exact birthday is? Um, and so, and we did it, and then we ended up doing it and we took a picture and we posted on Twitter and said like I turned 10 today and that's what we did but it was definitely a long discussion like should I actually like post that or not do you sort of understand like why you may not want to have share too much information about yourself yeah because someone could like clone me or access something about me uh so yeah so is that something that has been easier for you to accept over time or is it like something that you that you understood right away like even a few years ago like yeah this is definitely something i shouldn't do or it's always hard um i don't think like i think it's definitely been a little more recent where i've been like sharing more stuff um that but we're like Hey, it's fine, like, um, sharing a lot of stuff. I, like, have always understood it. I mean, unless when I was, like, five or four years old, because I probably barely understood anything when I was that young, so. Yeah. Are you looking forward to one day being able to tweet or, like, because I I assume that a lot of it right now is, like, under parental supervision or, like, we want to, you want to make sure you guys do it as a team, I mean, for obvious yeah, reasons. Yeah, my dad but... definitely does a lot of the um, posting or like does the stuff, and I like look over it and we post together. Or I'll say, "Hey, um, I want to post about this," and then we'll go throw it together. Like, I don't post on my own, and my dad normally doesn't post on Twitter on his own. He'll double check with me first. So. Oh, um, I see. So it's like always as a team, and like always, like you try to have like the same voice, as it were. Yeah, although sometimes when we're doing a direct message on Twitter, like my dad will put in parentheses his name um, so that they'll know it was him uh, talking to them. So that's that's good. That's good. It's always good to do that. You know, you've been streaming for a little bit and you've also been, you know, just creating content, right? Because like it's not even just streaming, but there's so many ways to create content. Can you talk about maybe some of the content creators out there, whether they're streamers or otherwise, that really inspire you and and if you have any names like in in what way do they inspire you um i think that mpg young mage for like being like a really young uh content creator he definitely inspires me um and then duncan uh duncan can't die he definitely helped me get started on streaming um and last year for san diego comic-con um we did a stream together and so it was nice with him um and he helped me get started streaming um getting through the holes um and jumping through oops to be able to stream. So he's definitely helped uh, me get started streaming. Um, one of my really close friends from Magic, Olivia Gilbert-Hicks, uh, she's awesome, cool. Strong personality and strong just otherwise. Just um, physically strong too, right? <laughs> yeah, very, very strong physically. Um, like, 
I like there's been the time at a magic tournament where I'm just where she's piggybacking me up a bunch of stairs and it's like she's just lifting a weight because I'm light and she's super strong so um strong and and a very strong personality and I love her um and then um tappy toe claws also like love her she's awesome but when i was around them like and around a lot of other magic communities my dad had to shield me my dad tried to first uh, shield me from all the language and then he's like i give up and so um <laughs> just as long as you don't repeat it um and uh -huh. so i haven't repeated any repeated any of it but which allows me to hang out with the awesome people so, so it's like uh, a it's like an exchange because i know magic players have uh adult language so it can be uh definitely um yeah but then uh also the maddox twins uh they've uh really inspired me and uh for being other young girls um and um and being like young girls and magic um and twins um but and then there's a lot of others as well but if i listed all of them it would be way too long so yeah yeah no i mean it sounds like you have a lot of uh friends in the in the community and have you had any particularly good stories of maybe like how you've inspired other people too like maybe other kids or even just other magic players I think definitely there's been a lot of times where like parents will reach out to my dad on Facebook or something and they'll be like, hey, you, your daughter inspired my kid to play magic. And then there's also one who reached out to me and uh, she she's a young kid getting into magic and now uh, we are connected and we like do calls. And so now we're uh, connected after inspiring and it definitely makes me feel good that I inspired other kids and that more kids are getting into it. And um, a story of how I met the twins was they were seeing pictures of me um, at tournaments and I was pic seeing pictures of them at tournaments and they were co cosplaying and I was cosplaying and they were like, oh, that's so cool. Another young girl is playing. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Another, uh, another young girl's uh, uh, more young girls are playing and then um, my dad and their dad connect um, like exchanged a lot of messages and we met and then we played in a team event in GP Detroit um, and we formed the team the Gatewatch Girls so the Gatewatch Girls I love that awesome because um, Annika dresses as Chandra Ainsley dresses as Liliana and I dress as Nissa so we're all uh, the Gatewatch Girls awesome Oh, that's, that's so cool. It's just like for them to reach you, like they go through your parents and their parents and everything is like, it's like you guys are like really important people. And it's like you have, your dad is almost like your agent, right? I don't know if you know what that means, but it's like he handles a lot of the, the stuff for you. Yeah. Awesome. So have you had any thoughts about how you would continue streaming or doing like magic things because let's assume i mean nobody knows for sure right i'm sure your dad has explained this to you like nobody knows for sure how long covid is going to to last you know it might be like a year it might be like shorter longer we might be in this for a long time we don't know but assuming that like things go back to normal how how do you see yourself like continuing to be involved in in magic when things become more normal i think 
I'll definitely be in a lot more magic tournaments. Um, I'll definitely like be a lot busier. Um, so and like I might have to like skip a Saturday or Monday stream because I'm at a magic tournament or something. So there'll definitely be a lot um more uh, some streams being skipped because it's hard to take all the equipment and stuff to stream with me um but other but um i think after covid i'm gonna definitely be a lot more events and playing more paper magic so nice nice so it sounds like you're treating streaming like a pretty seriously right it's like oh i might miss a stream once i go to paper magic events but it sounds like you're going to be continuing to to stream no matter what then yeah i don't really take it seriously but i'm like well, I guess well, just I, take the time yeah. seriously. Maybe not like saying you're seriously playing or anything like that. Yeah, seriously streaming, but I'm like, but um, I definitely get sad. What? But I'll definitely probably get sad if I miss a stream. But then I won't be sad if I'm like at a magic tournament because I love <laughs> streaming. But then I'm like, yeah. I'm exchanging the stream to a big tournament, and I love the tournaments too. I like the aspect of being competitive and seeing and traveling. Yeah. So. You'll be like, you'll be like, sorry, stream, but, uh, oh, you won't say this to the stream, but like, sorry, but if I have to choose between streaming or like hanging out with Olivia or like, or doing the cosplay at the magic fest, I'll, I'll choose the second one. Right. Well, I think it would be more like I can stream like on Mondays and stuff and stream like kind of any time, um, where magic tournaments, like I have like this one opportunity to go this place this time playing in this tournament with like these people there with some others. So definitely that's what would make me lean towards the tournaments because I can just like say now, okay, now I'm going to stream like on a Thursday um, instead of my Saturday. So I know your family's been really supportive about you sometimes even missing school. Like I've read that you're, you know, your dad says like, you know, this is a, this is like a good intellectual sport or activity. So it's like, you know, we should give Dana the ability to, to play in this tournament. Do you see that this being the same going forward, Dana? Like just in terms of like, cause I assume that as you get older, you'll get like more, you have more responsibilities at school or maybe like you'll be like involved in more clubs or like you have to do more courses if you want to do well. And maybe you have to learn more algebra and calculus. So it's like, do you think it would get harder for you like to do magic with school and everything and growing up? Um, I think that for um, like right now, my teachers are like, yeah, actually go to these tournaments. Like you're getting the travel aspect, they're educational, like they don't mind it. But as like the like as I get older um, and I get into higher grades, like I'll have a lot more homework. Like my sister in eighth grade, she has a lot of homework she's oh yeah like, you see that right even, yeah. even on a school break she's like been doing homework uh or on weekends she's uh, like doing homework so she definitely has a lot of homework and when i go to away and miss school i'll have to like catch up on more homework um but i think that it's still a really big learning um activity and very educational and so I don't like say, oh, I'm missing school just to travel. I'm missing school. But instead, I'm like, I'm missing school to travel and play in competitive events and learn a lot. So 
it, it sounds like you've already had to do a lot of that when you even before when you were like playing tournaments and and obviously doing school. So have you had like some good discussions with your parents about like how to manage your time and you know how to focus on the right things? Um, yeah, I think definitely like when I'm like in the lower grades, there's less homework that I have to do. So I don't like have to um, like go, oh, no, I have to like get the homework early and do it. And at, while I'm at the event, um, but um, we haven't talked too much about that, but definitely like going for when I'm like in seventh, eighth high school, um, I'll definitely have to maybe like cut down the tournaments so that I don't have as much homework that I'm missing out on. Oh, yeah. And also, have you had discussions with your parents about like how to manage uh, winning and losing in Magic? Like, you know, it sounds like you've been doing really well already, but like every Magic player has ups and downs. So it's like, have you... Have you already had those types of, uh, like, are you mentally prepared for those kind of things already? Yeah, definitely. Like, when I was in tournaments, my dad, like, we didn't have to go through it much because I had a lot of other gaming experiences. But, like, Magic has taught me even more how to, like, uh, be, have good sportsmanship and lose well instead of, like, throw a big fit. Like sometimes I'll get sad when I lose. Like if it's a like on my when I was in my first ever winning in um for day two um I was like and I lost it um I was definitely sad and I had been sad but I didn't like throw a big 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 fit um so magic has definitely thought taught me how to lo lose. Has it been hard to to learn that lesson or do you think it you just sort of. Like I think it I just quickly. kind of caught on with um, my other gaming experience. Um, says I've definitely been a gamer for a lot. I've been playing games for a while. Like when I was really young, I even played like some of the simpler games like Memory, uh, which helped my memory also when I played Magic. Um, so I've been gaming pretty much most of my life. Okay. So let's talk a bit about... Uh more specifics about magic or magic formats. Do you have a favorite format? It, I know you played a lot of modern in the past. Is that still your favorite one or you have other? That's my favorite competitive format. I think I like commander as like a casual format because you can just hang out with your friends where when you're playing modern, you're more like competitive and serious. So you're not like having those fun laughs that like you do in Commander when you're casually playing Commander, where in Modern, like there's not as many of the moments to laugh. So, uh, and hang out and it's not, and it's only with one person instead of three other people. Right. And uh, I, I take it that you're like, you're doing elves in Commander. Is that what it is? I have my Tatiova Nissa deck, which is basically Nissa's Nissa tribal, and then I also have my Elf Commander deck, and then Elves and Modern. Uh, which one's your favorite? Um, I think I like both a lot. I think the Tati um, Tatiova is a forty dollar budget, but I like it because it's got Nissa's in it. Where my Elves, it's just a bunch of Elves. Um, but Elves can also go like infinite like um when i was in a game i primal surged and like had like this huge board i didn't have enough space 
how uh how fun is it for to do the infinite stuff like is that is that like one of the it's best pretty things fun. like i've got multiple ways to get my infinite mana combo in my elf deck and the elf deck was a gift from rachel agnes um um and so um oh, from early on. oh okay yeah, yeah rachel's rachel's super cool yeah yeah, so she gave that to me uh, after I had just got into Commander, and so that's really cool. And there's like a bunch. There's definitely lots of ways to get the infinite mana combo to do a Zuri infinite times to win. There's Primal Surge where you could just get everything out, and then of course, because Primal Surge is my only non-permanent in the entire deck. So if I have that, it's like, well, now I can basically search through the deck and dig through the deck until I have the, like all the combo pieces. Um, so then I can make an infinite combo to attack. And then there's also an Umbral Mount so helps me with the infinite mana to untap it. Oh, um, yeah. I get at least four elves to pull it off so that I'll get one mana each time I untap it with the um, Umbral Mantle. But then I've got like Priest of Titania, Elvish Arch Druid, Dru draw good stuff or something so i've got a lot of ways to get a bunch of mana and marwin so um, nice fun combo and then my tatiova doesn't really combo as much as it just gets a lot of stuff out there gets a lot of misses out there and has fun do you design all the decks yourself um no i mean rachel made the elves deck and then um, me and my dad um, built the Tatiova deck, and I said, well, it's green, I'm, and Tatiova likes lands, and then we got into counters, and then I'm like, well, I mean, there's got to be Nessas in here, so there's six Nessas <laughs> in my entire deck. I love it. Dana forcing Nessas in every, every format <laughs> where she can. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Commander, have you heard of this... Uh new program called magic online i heard you can play commander on it yes i have heard of magic online i can't technically have an account so i'm gonna play on my dad's but we are definitely planning to get into it especially for commander legends that came out which i love there's a ton of elves in commander legends and i'm so happy finally a set another finally another set with an elf tribal so um yeah. i definitely am probably gonna get into online a magic online for commander legends and then maybe some popper elves which i've been wanting to get into so it sounds like you've done all these kind of magic formats is there any format that you haven't played yet or have you played them all um there's uh, there's definitely some formats like vintage I haven't played. Uh, Popper is one that I haven't played, but I really want to get into it, especially because there's such a good elves deck. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah. There's a really good um, elf deck for Popper, and um, I've definitely heard and I've definitely heard a lot of stuff, and people are um, trying to get me into it. We just haven't found the time to put the deck together and play it. And now with COVID, that like I can't play it on paper. So when I get online, that's when I that's when I can like start getting into it a lot um, easier and better um, rather than um, like building it in paper during COVID, but then not having a good like ability to play it. Yeah. One thing that I didn't have a chance to ask you, and maybe you've already answered this in other interviews, is like, 
why are you so into elves? Like, how, how did you get into elves at a, such a young age? Like, is it just like something that you can't explain or is it something that you can explain? Um, it's mostly something that I can't explain, but some, but I think something that led me to elves is elves are tiny like me and they like green and green's <laughs> been my favorite color um, since forever. Yep. So um, that's probably what led me to elves, but I'm not totally sure. Nice. And uh, I have a question about elves from a good friend of mine, uh, Julian Kanab, who, whom I understand you guys have also been in contact with in the past. How do you feel about legacy elves? And do you have any interest in maybe playing legacy in the future? I love legacy elves. I played it in one Grand Prix um, and there are many legacy Grand Prix, but I have played legacy elves in one Grand Prix and it's so much fun. And from the deck that I played then, it actually it did have Anissa and I love and I love legacy elves and I think I would definitely want to keep playing it in the future. Oh, okay. Um, because elves and legacy is like very uh it's like a combo That's deck, right? A combo. Yes. Yeah. Uh and I'm guessing you don't really get that with maybe some of the other formats. Yeah, I mean modern is definitely fast. It's got some combo aspects and it's also very beat down. Mm-hmm. Um and then a historic on arena is mostly just beat down um and then it's got hoof to do a bunch of damage stuff um but i think elves is always fast but sometimes it's beat down and sometimes it's combo but um like although most of the decks that are combo can also be beat down so yeah that's the great thing about elves as i as i understand it and by the way you said you didn't play vintage yet there actually is a Vintage Elves deck out there as yeah. well. Um, but Vintage is very expensive. That, that's why one day when you get older, you have to learn uh, Magic Online because I started playing Vintage this year because of Magic Online. I don't own any of those super expensive cards, but you can just play uh, play on the internet and uh, you don't have to actually buy the, the Black Lotus and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The next part I want to ask you about, Dana, is... How do you feel being a prominent public member of the magic community? Because for better or worse, like people know who you are. You said like when people play a game against you, they know who you are and people wouldn't like go to your stream unless they knew like Dana Fisher is like streaming arena today. Right. So what, how does it feel to be a public person? Um, I like, don't think about it much um it doesn't feel very different I like I'm out there and sometimes people know me and like it's cool so, um and uh like when they go to my stream sometimes they'll say hey I played against you or hey I've heard of you your inspiration and I definitely like hearing that because um, I like inspiring um people especially younger kids and women to uh be playing get in the game so is there anything that you have found like not 100% enjoyable about being a part of the the community like maybe I, I don't know if like it's a good question to ask kids but like the dark side of being being famous or something like that I mean like being famous like about a deck that I'm playing like 
can be a disadvantage. Like in Phoenix, um, there, there, there was a time uh, where someone knew I was playing Elf, so they kept a bad hand, hand but that was really good against Elves and old, like only Elves. So, and I ended up losing because oh, of it. No. But, so that can be on, on the nice side. But then you can also like switch it up. Like in Dallas, when I, uh, people, someone thought I was playing elves. So they kept a hand that was good against like elves and only elves. And then I played Dredge and then, and I beat them that game. And so they were like, oh my God, I thought you were on elves. And so that was pretty cool. What, what about like when you're uh, streaming or like doing interviews like this, like, have you ever felt like uncomfortable because like maybe somebody who's a fan like did something that was sort of sort of funny or I don't really like like the only dark side is like people can sometimes take advantage of it in games um like knowing what deck I'm gonna play but other than that um I don't really feel uncomfortable has your dad talked to you a bit about celebrity i guess maybe this is one of the new words or like just being famous in 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 general in the magic community like uh, you know have you because i i have to assume that like for most magic players oh, not assume it's a fact for most magic players we're not famous like if someone plays against me or your sister like they don't know who we are but it's like when they play against you they're like oh it's not just dana it's like dana the magic celebrity or dana the public figure so like have you guys talked about have you talked to your family about how to manage that or if yeah you know, i think mostly the big thing is like kind of like be modest and say yeah or when like someone comes up to me um i'm like modest about it and not like throw it up and like say how huh? i'm like say i'm famous like all over because being modest can be really good um so i have so yeah is it, is it hard for you? Like, are you naturally uh, not modest and you, you you find you have to be because of your your fame or? Um, I don't think it's very hard. Like sometimes I'll be like, I like sometimes I'll be happy like when I win, but I can't like that, like dance around <laughs> like I do in some games. Like when I catch a Pokemon or uh -huh. something, I'll like uh -huh. dance around, but I can't do that. With, like when I win a game um so i definitely learned to control myself there which is also why i'm not uh super crazy and being a 10 year old when i'm at tournaments how, how do people around you feel about like you being famous in, in magic like for example your your classmates if they know that you you know you've you're you're actually like streaming and like a lot of people around the world have have know who you are like does that how, how do people how do your classmates or your friends see that um my friends um my close friends think it's really cool um and then my classmates like when I'm doing sharing I'll like share about magic tournaments but then it doesn't really come up much and they're they like oh wow this is really cool um but other than that like my cat classmates aren't um like they don't like overreact or like think um to like and so they don't like overreact and they're just cool about it and then we're like just classmates yeah uh, have you had any like weird stuff happen with like friends or classmates like have people been jealous of your success or being famous 
No, not really. Sounds like people are just generally cool about everything. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, how, how does your sister feel about everything? Because like you guys grew up together, so it's like, is she think that? Because I mean, I don't know. Like, how how does she feel about like all this kind of stuff happening to you and and everything? I mean, like, uh, she she's cool about it. Think she thinks that it's really awesome that it that I'm doing this but when I'm at tournaments like she definitely misses me and it can and she can like not have as much time with my dad because he's doing magic stuff with me but um he but she like she thinks it's cool and awesome but she definitely misses me when I'm away nice so just to uh sort of wrap things up Dana like what are your future aspirations in MTG I think people have asked you this a year ago, but you're growing up so quickly. So I don't know if like it's changing. Well, I think definitely I want to get better, like go to pro tours um, and uh, do that stuff. Um, so uh, like qualify for pro tour and definitely uh, go to more pro tours than my dad. I've already achieved on day two. So I have more day two than my dad. So now my next goal, more pro tours. Okay. What about outside magic? Like, do you have anything like, what do you want to be when you grow up and what do you want to do? I mean, I'm not totally sure like what I want to do or what I want to be, but definitely like some places that I want to work is like at a gaming company like Riot or Wizards when I'm done playing competitive magic and work at Wizards. How come you want to work for Riot Games? Uh, Because that's where my dad works and he's met a lot of cool people there, so. So do you, do you want and to Riot, do something like his job in the future? People there like also like know a lot about magic. Like my dad talks about magic there and they're like, and like they know how to play and they know magic. So it would be like a nice environment for me to talk about magic as well as work. So you want to do something in the future that's like gaming related, whether it's magic or not. Yep. Okay. <laughs> have you, have you thought about like designing games or like creating your own games maybe you've already done that in the past no i mean i do i've done a little bit of coding like over the summer i took uh java coding classes and a little bit of python um but i think like my mom like my family generally is good at math like my dad does uh math like finance data analysis for his job so i might like do something in that area or something Awesome. So Dana, how can people find you on online? How can people find you on social? Uh, they can find me on my Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Dana Fisher MTG, D-A-N-A-F-I-S-C-H-E-R-M-T-G. And then also on my family Twitch channel with my dad, Fisher Magic, uh, F-I-S-C-H-E-R-M-A-G-I-C. All right, Dana, thank you so much for your time. Like, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And it's awesome just seeing you, like, grow up almost, like, every every minute and just, just you know, being so, so cool and still loving magic so much. Any final parting words you want to you wanna say or anything at all? I mean, thank you for having me on here. It's been a, a delight and it's been a lot of fun. Awesome.
And I hope to see you again in a future paper magic event. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care what the next magic tournament is, as long as it's not too expensive or too far away, I'm probably going to go. <laughs> as long as it doesn't, like, conflict with anything. But I want to go no matter, like, where it is. Like, if it's in Japan, I want to go. <laughs> nice. Thank you for listening to this episode of Humans and Magic. To get more information about the show and to join the mailing list, please visit humansandmagic.com. And don't forget, the Humans and Magic book is now available on Amazon for both paperback and Kindle. We'll see you next time.